He's a servant. You look up uh, servant in the dictionary, and you see Randy Moore's picture there. Not only is he a servant, but he also is a soul winner. And God has called us all to share the faith. And, you know, I don't know why God gave me that fire to encourage the church. I often say uh, I don't envy pastors. They have to look at you every week. Just kidding. Of course, y'all are a pretty beautiful group. But uh, pastors are the disciplers, the shepherds. Yes, I disciple people back in my hometown when I'm in Asheville. But God gave me, gave me the calling as an evangelist, as a missionary. And the calling he gives you, you're usually at peace with it. You're happy with it. And I remember when I was a little boy, I used to have the thought, wow, if I totally sell out to the Lord, he's going to send me off somewhere that I'm miserable. I, I don't like every day, but I'm living the dream. And I praise God for the opportunity to visit y'all once in a while to go and share. Not married. Again, I'm not looking for uh, soliciting a wife here. But y'all can pray for me as God leads that he will provide. I get a lot done single. But there's pros and cons to that as well. And those of you that are single, don't settle. Don't settle. God has a plan for you. I've talked to lots of people that settled. But when they said, I do, you did. So uh, uh, don't settle, though. And uh, seek God's face and a mate that can, can serve the Lord with you. And if he doesn't bring that, then uh, he'll give you the strength and the power by his mercy and his grace to keep, 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 keep it on, as Randy said. So turn in your Bibles to Mark 1, 16 through 18. And uh, might have shared some of this three or four years ago, but if you're like me, we go to the gym if we're trying to stay in shape about uh, three or four times a week, or we exercise, or we should, because we want to keep our temple strong. And I'm trying to do that so I can live to be 100 that's our goal. We don't know when God's days for us are over. And in saying that, I'm praying for your pastor. I remember vividly meeting him. And we know that God can do a miracle. And I'm praying with you and agreeing that God would touch him there, restore those lungs, and give uh, peace and power and strength. I lost my dad 10 years ago. He was uh, 79. He had a stroke. I'll take a little bit more about that in the message. But Mark 1, 16 through 18, and one of my mentors in the faith, some of you may have heard him on the radio or TV, Dr. Adrian Rogers, he's in heaven now. And Dr. Rogers used to say, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but every Christian is called to be an evangelist. And we hear that, and I heard that for many years, but sometimes we don't act on it because of a number of reasons. And I want you to believe today that God wants to use you. I want you to believe today that he has a plan for you. Babby Mason, a great singer from years past, used to say, each one reach one. Or if God calls you to reach thousands or hundreds, then you want to be faithful in doing that as well. But each one reach one. And we all can reach one. Might take a little work, might take a little practice, definitely takes the Lord. But uh, we'll talk about how to do that today and some practical points in doing that. Uh, I know your pastor's been to Israel. I saw the picture back there. One time, uh, being single, no kids, you can go many times. Just kidding. I've been 23 times, and it's a real place. You can believe the book is the infallible Word of God, which means without error. You can believe the maps in the back of the book, and you can believe the cities are in the places they say they're in. And was blessed to speak in schools in Bethlehem, Nazareth, 
Jerusalem and be on that Sea of Galilee where our Lord did many of his miracles. And uh, I want you to get that in your mind's eye this morning, the Sea of Galilee. And maybe you haven't been to the Sea of Galilee, but you've been over here in beautiful New Jersey looking over in the city like those pictures some of them were. Wow, God dressed it up great for us the other day, and I'm thankful. We'll get to be here often. But uh, the Sea of Galilee, back in the day they were casting the net into the sea. Now you go to the Sea of Galilee, they got some bass boats on the sea. They got some rods and reels that are powerful. But you still see some fishermen there casting a net into the sea. So I want you to picture that in your mind's eye. And we'll read that scripture here, Mark 1, 16 through 18. And I knew he was ahead of me. He has it on the screen. I won't get my reading glasses out. Just kidding. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. Verse 17. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And look what they did in verse 18. And straightway they forsook their nets, and they followed him. Wow. It doesn't say they waited six years till they memorized enough scripture, till they got good in their speaking. It said straightway. That means immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to quit school, students, but God wants us to share where we go, where we're planted. We look at the woman at the well. Jesus knew what was going on in her life, but she came to know Christ personally there. He said, go back and tell the people. Uh, the Philip and the eunuch. The eunuch was a religious man. He knew the word, but he didn't understand it like many religious people out there today. And somebody like you comes along shares the gospel with them. I'm all for God and country, and I know what Brother Randy means by that because he's an awesome soul winner. But some people, we mention God to them. They may think Buddha, Muhammad. They may think uh, whoever. And if we just live the life in front of them, they may think we're a good Jehovah's Witness or a good Mormon. Friends, we've got to give the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We cry out to God when the towers fell. America cried out to God, friends, unless we're repenting of our sins, we can cry out to God all day, and our prayers aren't getting over the ceiling. John 9, 31 says, God does not hear the prayer. He hears the prayer of a, of a righteous man that doeth his will. Now, wait a minute. You say, Randy, we're sinners. Yes, but when Jesus Christ comes and lived inside of you, when you've been born again, when you've experienced forgiveness of sin, God is looking at his righteousness in you. Then we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and obtain grace to help in a time of need. You know, we look across that into the city of New York or whatever city and we say, man, those people need to get right with God. No, you and I need to get right with God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. If I'll keep my account short, you're looking at a sinner. I will fail you. You will fail me. But when we transgress and we sin, and the Holy Spirit convicts us, the Lord calls us to let down our pride and to make it right, keep our account short, ask to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. When Peter chopped off that ear, he wasn't in the Spirit. But the Lord healed the guy. Peter got back in the Spirit, and then the Lord said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So it wasn't on Peter he was building 
the church. He might have helped start the early church, but it was on the Lord Jesus Christ who can use a vessel. Look at the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. You got prostitutes, you got drunks, you got murderers, you got Paul who persecuted and killed Christians. And then on the road to Damascus, he had an experience of the Lord. And then he wrote almost half the New Testament. So praise God. God wants to use us. So the, but there's about five lies that I've used over the years and I've challenged folks with that might be coming to your mind right now. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I got to sit down with Billy Graham maybe four or five years ago, maybe a year before he died. I forget how long he's been gone, but it's about a year before he, was, he died. You know, Billy from different groups have take, has taken some negative publicity. Some people believe Billy preached an easy gospel. I don't believe that. Billy preached the Word of God. I believe God used Billy, and I believe Billy was faithful. He preached to every denomination because he believed, and he told me this, that 60% of the church, he believed, is lost in America today. And I believe it could be higher than that. All the denominations, most denominations, don't even give the gospel. And he also believed that 95% of those that know the Lord have been born again, have repented of sins, and been born again. 95% of us, I will say, will never lead one soul to Christ. And I don't say that because you've seen a picture of me sharing the gospel. I say that because way too long in my life, I wasn't a seed planter. I wasn't a soul winner. I was part of what they call the, the uh, sin of silence, as Dr. Rogers would call it. He didn't believe, Dr. Rogers, that abortion was the worst sin in our land, and it's bad. But that's committed by unbelievers most of the time. He didn't believe that murder was bad, and it's bad. He believed that the sin committed right here amongst us today, the sin of silence, was the greatest hindrance to God bringing revival in America and the world today. So I've been guilty of that. So don't uh, be too pious today and say, well, Randy, that, that's you. We all have missed opportunities. And I'm not here to make you feel bad or to, to heap guilt on you, but I am here to preach the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And if you're convicted, it's my prayer at the end of the message today that you will make a commitment today to be a seed planter, to be a soul winner. It's not if you want to. We can sing beautifully in the choir, and you all did. We can serve, and I do that. We can go out here and help the poor, and I try to do that. We can build a habitat for a humanity home, and that's good. But what does the Bible say about our good works? They are filthy rags before God. Friends, we've got to share the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's five lies the enemy is going to tell us of why we can't do that or we get scared to do that. And I've dealt with all five of them. And I want you to believe today that God wants to use you. That little boy back there, I don't know how old he is, but God used Josiah to be king of Israel. And I joke and sometimes and say, wow, that might not be a bad idea to have an eight-year-old president now. Just kidding. Don't be offended. I pray for the president, but I also pray that if they don't know the Lord, they come to know the Lord. I can't tell you how to vote, but I vote closest to the word of God I find. And I'm not voting a pastor in. I wish I could vote a pastor in. But in the world that we're living in today, we're not going to vote a pastor in there unless God really does a miracle. So I'm voting closest to the Word of God that I can find. And when I look in the Word of God, I find that abortion is killing. It's a sin against God. I find that a man marrying a man, a woman marrying a woman, 
is sin against God. So we have to vote closest to those stands with the right biblical principles. Our hope is not Washington. Our hope is not the Republicans, the Democrats. Our hope is Jesus. But I believe that God wants us as Christians to be in politics and to be trying to promote the Word of God and the things of God. So I challenge you. You're not going to find a perfect candidate. But you vote closest to the Word of God that you can find. And you stand for the things of God and the ways of God. And you pray for those that might not be of your particular political persuasion. That God would give them godly knowledge and spiritual wisdom. He said he holds the kings in his heart in his hand. And he moves it back and forth like a water course. So God can turn the hearts of those. But it's our responsibility to do our part in seed planting and soul winning. So... Number one, after you have given your life to Christ, God wants us to be seed planting and sowing seeds. God used Josiah. He used a young teenager, a shepherd boy, to slay a nine-foot giant. Wow, Pastor, if I could find a nine-foot center, C-E-N-T-E-R, basketball center, to play for Crossfire that loved Jesus, brother, we'd never lose. And uh, it's not about winning and losing. But you want to be the best you can be. And if God gives you a platform like he's given Manny Pacquiao, who I got to meet in the Philippines, uh, and he appears to love Jesus, then use that platform to bring glory and honor to God. I know that, I don't know if Pastor Adore or Pastor Romel did call me during the special music. He's a pastor. Don't call during special music, Pastor uh, Romel. Just kidding. He loves me. I love him. He was here with me last time. But he's watching this morning, and I love my Filipino pastors there and here because we have been blessed to go to the Philippines, about 20 trips. And you all know that Filipinos love basketball. And they'll come far and wide to a basketball court. We've had several churches start from folks that have given their life to Christ at halftime of those games. So Glad, who is Pastor Adore's son that just graduated from Marietta, came through Asheville this summer, spent a day at our basketball camp, Crossfire, we were able to help him some as he's starting to raise support to go into the field and minister. So uh, God wants to use us. Josiah, young shepherd boy, and I mentioned my dad. My dad had a stroke maybe 10 years ago. I was coming out of a football game in Knoxville, Tennessee. And by the way, man, we go to a ball game. We get excited, don't we? Our team wins. We give high fives, low fives. We might even get on the referee Probably shouldn't if he makes a bad call. But in our opinion, we think he made a bad call. And the world calls that a fan. But wow, let us get excited for the Lord. Let us put a scripture shirt on. Or let us go in the parks or the highways and byways and lovingly share the gospel. You know what the world calls that? A fanatic. I want to ask you today, whose fanatic are you? And I'm not talking about beating people over the head with the Bible. But the world is going to call you different names. They crucified. They killed the disciples. They crucified our Savior, which was the plan. But the disciples were convinced that Jesus was the way. Are you convinced today? I believe you are. If we are, then we need to take it outside the walls. And you all may be doing this. That statistic may be that everybody here is a soul winner, but probably experiences in my life, we need some encouragement, right? So my dad was 79. He had a stroke. I prayed, God, don't let my daddy die. I know some of you are praying that right now for your loved ones. And at that particular time, the Lord didn't let him die. But he was paralyzed. He couldn't get out of the bed. He couldn't walk on his own. They had to put a feeding tube in. 
We couldn't take care of him at home. We didn't stick him in a nursing home. My mom was there from sunup to sundown, taking care of him at night. They were there while my mom got some rest. And I used to go sit with him and say, Daddy, I'm not going this weekend to preach, buddy. I'm going to stay here with you. He said, no, son, you go and I'll pray. He also was a soul winner. He didn't start out a soul winner. He started out a good man, but good men usually aren't soul winners. Saved, godly, filled with the Holy Spirit men are usually soul winners. And I know what we mean by good, but even when we're sharing in the world, we say, well, that was a good man. Well, the Word of God says there is none good, not even one. We only become good when Jesus Christ comes inside of us by His righteousness, nothing that we've done. But Daddy shared his faith. And glory to God, he was able to lead three people, CNAs, that were cleaning his dirty diapers. Young people, I never really thought about this when I was your age. But one day, you're going to be taking care of mom and dad. And Randy's got a lot of grandkids. I'm not married yet, so y'all pray somebody's going to take care of me. Just kidding. But uh, you got you to gotta take care of mom and dad. And I'm with my 90-year-old mom now. My sister and my mom are watching right now in North Carolina. I love y'all. And they're both widows. But I live with them and I'm not on the road. And, uh, but Mama's 90, she looks 70. Praise the Lord. So I pray I got those genes, sister. Might meet a godly wife one day. Just kidding. I've met some. Pray for courage. I got to jump off the diving board, right, buddy? So uh, anyway, my dad was able to lead three CNAs to the Lord that were cleaning his diapers. What's my excuse? What's your excuse? If I know your pastor, which I think I know him a little bit, I'm sure he's been sharing the gospel when he got an opportunity. And that we got to be faithful, faithful to the end. And uh, first lie the enemy's going to tell us is, Brother Randy, if I knew the word of God like Pastor or Billy Graham or like your Pastor Emeritus, then I would share my faith. Well, guess what? We can learn the word. If I was going to come back next week, and I won't be. You, you don't get two chances at most churches in America back to back. My hat goes off to these guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. But most churches, you don't get two Sundays in a row. You're vying for one Sunday in five years. Just kidding. But uh, if I was going to come back next week, which I won't be, and I said, if you memorize four verses, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Write them down if you don't know them. You won't get the whole verse written out because I'm going to talk fast, but write the references down. It's also on the back of that crossfire card back there, the gospel. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but that's the gospel. That's what we share with people as we build a relationship, a friendship, as we talk to them. You can do that, friends, in a restaurant. If you pray about it, if you get it down pat, and I'm not talking about just juggling off some verses of somebody. The Holy Spirit will take it in a different way every time. But I believe what Bill Bright said, who's also in heaven, one of the great godly men of our past, that five minutes with a person or less is a divine opportunity to share the gospel. If we can talk about the Mets, the Yankees, the Volunteers, the Tar Heels, the Clemson Tigers, our children, our grandchildren, our favorite car, we can talk about Jesus. 
And we can do it lovingly. We don't want to cram it down their throat or beat them over the head. But guess what? You will get opposition. So number one, we can memorize the scripture. I encourage you to memorize the Roman road. Get you some gospel tracts. Those men, as Pastor mentioned, probably passed out 100,000 gospel tracts this week. From parking lots to the U.S. Open parking lot to the Mets Yankees parking lot to uh, War Memorial. Wherever they went, they were blanketing parking lots with the gospel. Only heaven knows who's going to read that, who's going to see it. But friends, if we don't put it out there, it's not going to get out there. The second lie the enemy is going to tell you is not only do I not know the scripture, Brother Randy, we can learn the scripture. The second lie is, Brother Randy, if I commit today to be a soul winner or be a seed planter, I'm going to be persecuted. Guess what? You will. If you're going with the Lord Jesus today, you're going against the tide like one of those salmon that I was just in Alaska that's swimming back up shore to lay its eggs. You're going against the tide. You're going against the current. And you will be persecuted, but it's okay. Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to step down here, take a 10 second time out, and get my water. Okay, I've been talking a lot this week. And I'm going to take a sip of water here. You will be persecuted. If you're watching and you don't know Jesus, take a taste of the living water and you'll thirst no more, right? So, second lie the enemy is going to tell you, as I just said, is you will be persecuted. I don't have time to tell you. I may have told you the story in the past, but I won't tell you the whole story. I had uh, spit upon in Jerusalem one time by some Hasidic Jews who believe they're God's chosen people, but they don't like the name of Jesus. They believe he was an arrogant rabbi who started his own sect. They spit on me. They threw a bottle at me. They literally tried to kick me, but I'm here today, as you see. I got away from them. Thank goodness for running. Just kidding, buddy. I didn't have to run, but God made a way out by two Messianic Jews that were standing there with yarmulkes on in front of a restaurant that I was asking the guy to call the police, they turned on the crowd. And they said, you leave these guys alone. They're doing a good thing. Well, that shocked me, brother. You were speaking on Israel this morning out of Psalms 129. And uh, I thought, wow. And later I found out they were Messianic Jews. And God had them there. They could have been angels. The Bible says we entertain angels and we don't even know it. So God will make a way. You say, wait a minute, Randy. He didn't make a way for Stephen. Thank God Stephen took the stones. But guess who was standing nearby, Pastor? A guy by the name of Saul who was holding the clothes of those throwing the rocks. Wow, don't you know that had an impact on Saul? Your life is having an impact on someone. And uh, you say, well, Brother Randy, I'm just going to let my light shine, and that's all I'm going to be able to do. Well, as I mentioned earlier, they may think you're a good Mormon or a good Jehovah's Witness. you got to let the light of Jesus share the gospel, share the death, burial, and resurrection. So, yes, we will be persecuted. I made it out. Stephen didn't make it out. But thank God he took the stones. And if we could pull the veil back right now and see the rewards that Stephen is getting to this day because he took the stones. Wow. The Bible says his grace is sufficient. Friends, there are hundreds and thousands of believers around the world this year that will die for the cause of Christ. I pray it doesn't come that to us that in America, but it could. 
Wow, it's on a slippery slope, it looks. And God can bring revival. Be a Jonah. Go to Nineveh. Now, if we're disobedient, he'll get our attention. I don't want you to end up in the belly of a whale, all right? So let's be obedient. Let's go and share the gospel. Third lie the enemy's going to tell you, not only, Brother Randy, I don't know Scripture like pastor. We can learn Scripture. We can learn the Roman road. We can get some gospel tracts. Number two, I'm going to be persecuted. You will, but Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said his grace is sufficient. Thirdly, you say, Brother Randy, if I make a commitment this morning to be a soul winner, to be a seed planter, to be a fisher of men, women, boys, and girls, then uh, the devil and his lying demons are going to get after me. Well, the devil may not get after you because he's in one place, but his lying demons will definitely get after you. And the flesh and the powers of darkness, the devil can only be one place. He's not omniscient like our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit. But the powers of darkness will definitely come against you. But guess what? It's okay. We've got the full armor of God. When Randy went into battle, he was trained. He didn't go in there with a squirt gun. He went in there with a weapon they gave him to defend our freedom. That's a whole other topic. But we see the Lord wipe people away in the Old Testament because their hearts were hardened. As Randy said, we can't explain all that. God will sort that out. But uh, we stand for truth. We stand for the Word of God. And there are, there are times in the Bible of war. And we see that. And we'll know more on the other side. But we got the full armor of God. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. Sandals of peace. The sword of the Spirit. And the shield of faith to stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. Put that armor on. Don't take it off. Keep it on. I got cracks in my armor sometimes. The enemy gets in there. And I know it doesn't happen to y'all. Just kidding. It happens to all of us. But thank God for His mercy and His grace. And we can get, be being filled daily by the Holy Spirit. And keep fighting the good fight of faith. So yes, we will be persecuted. We will be made fun of. The enemy will attack us. Congregation, I know you all are aware of this, but if you're watching, pray for your pastor and his family. The artilleries of hell are pointed at the pastors, the evangelists, the missionaries, the leaders, those that are on the front line as lay people in the business world. The artilleries of hell are pointed at them. And if the enemy can get them to fall, it's not only going to affect the local church, it's going to affect the church at large, it's going to affect the kingdom of God. Preachers fall. God help us. Galatians 6.1, restore a brother in love, lest ye be tempted and fall. I covet your prayers. Pray for me as I go and share that God will keep us strong. God will keep your pastor and his wife. Trials and tribulations come. He's a man. His wife is a woman. She's grieving today. And I know you all do know that. Lift him up in prayer. Encourage him. The powers of darkness will come. But greater is he that is in us. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due time, you shall reap a harvest. Keep fighting the good faith. The fourth lie the enemy is going to tell you, I'm sure he wouldn't tell you about your pastor, but you might say, Brother Randy, it's the preacher's job to share the gospel. I don't know what you pay him, and I didn't ask him, he didn't tell me. But I'm praying he gets a raise too, just like the police. You know why? The athletes today make all the money. Yankee Stadium, a, a week ago, one of the pitchers was pitching. He loaded the bases up. He's a human, I know, but they were giving him a hard time. The Yankee fans, they don't play. 
and they're yelling at him and screaming. And uh, I heard from the stands he made $15 million a year. So I looked it up on Google, and I said, how many innings has this guy pre uh, preached? Pitched, not preached. <laughs> how many innings has he pitched? He's a reliever. He's the big dog. He's supposed to come in at the end and throw the ball 100 miles an hour and strike him out. Well, I looked up, Pastor. He had preached 45 innings this season. You put that into $15 million, this dude is getting $33,000 an inning to throw a baseball. Things have gotten out of line in our world, friends. The pastors that are legitimate, the ministers, the policemen, the firemen, they need to be the ones compensated, but really not the case. The rewards are going to be in heaven. But take care of your pastor. I know you do. Take care of your pastor's wife. Pray for him. Encourage him. It's not just the pastor's job to share the gospel. He is the disciple of the flock. And he's a soul winner. But I've been in many churches, hundreds, that the pastor never shares the gospel outside the pulpit. In a certain denomination, I won't name the denomination, but there are about uh, 30,000, 26,000 churches within this denomination. And this denomination is usually considered to be the most evangelical well, 13,000 of those churches this year will not even baptize one soul. Now, we can lead more than one person to Christ in a year by accident. And it ain't accident. You share the gospel enough, somebody's going to come to Christ. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. So I encourage you, not just the pastor's job. Make a commitment today. Those lies are coming at you. Memorize the Roman road. If you're saved, you have a testimony. What your life was before Christ, when you came to know Christ, and how your life has changed since then. Write down your testimony. Two or three minutes. Randy did an excellent job of sharing his. Write down your testimony. Two or three minutes. Get the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in there. People don't know how to be saved, friends. Trust me. If we went to Walmart this afternoon and we asked 100 people this question. It's not my question. I borrowed it from another great man of God who's in heaven now. But he started a, a witnessing program known as Evangelism Explosion. Here's the question you can use. You can ask somebody very lovingly. Hey, friend, I pray this doesn't happen to you. It's happened to some of my family members. It's going to happen to all of us one day. But if you died today and you stood before God, and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What are you going to say to him? Friends, 70% of the people you ask that question, probably higher, do not have a biblical answer. And we can't assume they know. If they mention God, it could be any God. you got to get them to Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection. The number one answer you'll get is, I'm a good person. The Bible says there is none good, not even one. The best five minutes we could live wouldn't get us to heaven. Er, wrong answer. Second most popular answer, <clears throat> I'm Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Charismatic, Church of God, Episcopalian, Lutheran. My daddy's a preacher. My mama sings in the choir. I go to a church. I go to a Christian school. Those answers, apart from repentance... And being born again by the Spirit of God, God would have to say to me and you, I'm sorry, Randy, depart from you, from me, for I never knew you. People don't know how to be saved. We've got to tell them. We've got to tell them. So I encourage you.
Nicodemus. Take them to Nicodemus. John 3. Read it tonight. You can share this story quickly. You can say, hey, there was a religious man in the Bible named Nicodemus. He probably sat on the front row of the synagogue. A Jew that was going to be a rabbi. Look how much scripture memory this guy had done. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's more than we've all done together. And he wasn't, he didn't know if he was going to heaven. And he wasn't because you don't go by the law, you go by Jesus. Now I know prior to Jesus, it was the righteousness that was imparted through the sacrifices. And some of you that are Bible scholars can explain that to me a lot better. But everything was pointing to Jesus before in the Old Testament and from now back to Calvary, Golgotha. So we got to share the death, burial, and resurrection with them. Nicodemus came to Jesus in John 3. He said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus say? He didn't say become a Baptist. And I grew up in a Baptist church. I'm not against being a Baptist. But there's a lot of Baptists that don't know Jesus. He didn't say become a Catholic, a Presbyterian. He didn't say become Assemblies of God. He didn't say you must speak in tongues. He said you must be born again. Nicodemus being educated like some of my college professors that Dr. Rogers would call educated fools because they knew everything in the world. But they didn't know the basics. He said, you, might, you mean I might got to re-enter my mother's womb as an older man? Paraphrasing, Jesus said, no, born of the water and born of the Spirit. A, we got to admit we're a sinner. Number two, we believe Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, went to the grave, didn't stay on the grave on the third day, rose. That's two-thirds of the way there. The devil believes that and trembles. But he won't be in heaven. We've got to repent. We're marching. Military term, or Brother Randy, they're marching. Repent, the military man says. They turn. We turn from our sins. And we receive what Jesus did for us on the cross by faith. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works. So that no man, lest any man should boast. So it's not just the preacher's job. And fifthly, you say, Brother Randy, you're a single man. You probably got the gift of evangelism. God's blessed you. It's, uh, I'm busy, buddy. I got children. I got grandchildren. I got a wife. I got to pay the bills. I'm trying to make things happen to keep my family afloat. I don't have time to share the gospel. Friends, you share as you go. You share as you go. Now, you can't bust into work, most of you, tomorrow, and say, all right, friends, gather around the coffee uh, percolator. That's an old term. You don't know what that is. But you can't get around the coffee pot or the whatever. And share the gospel, but you can pray for divine appointments. And you can see loved ones that are hurting, business associates are hurting. You can give them a gospel track and love as they go out the door. You can make a cookies for them. You can make a meal for them. You can take them out to lunch. And you can pray that God would give you the words to say at the time that you need to say them. People say, Brother Randy, I'm just looking for an opportunity. Friends, the opportunities are endless. They're all around us. I'm just looking... You go to a fish hatchery, and you're standing on the fish hatchery, and you say, I'm looking for some fish. Friends, look down. The fish are before you. The fields are white unto harvest, but the labors are few. God wants to use us, y'all. I wasn't there for a long time, and I regret those wasted years. But you can start today. You can confess the sin of silence, and you can ask God for divine opportunities, and he will bring them to me. Trust you. He'll make it so simple that the devil will say, that ain't real. That was like picking a piece of fruit. Well, only God knows. You know, we pray. 5,000 were saved at Pentecost. That wasn't counting the wives and children. 
Oh, we of little faith. After they receive Christ, do all you can to get them discipled. If you can't disciple them yourself, try to get them in a Bible-believing church like this one where they can grow in Christ. But I'm not going to not share the gospel. Those of you that are watching, and I love you with all my heart, but I'm not going to not share the gospel because I'm not going to be there and disciple them. Philip was not there to disciple the eunuch. The eunuch went back to Africa and took the gospel to Africa. There's lies out there, friends. And yes, we're to be discipling. I'm not against that. Evangelists get accused of not discipling. We need to disciple. But we need to share the gospel and disciple as we go. Win the lost and disciple as we go. Do your best to get them in a Bible-believing church. That seed is planted. They receive the Christ. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So we pray for them. Those five lies. Y'all are great listeners. Those five lies the enemy throws at us. Number one, Brother Randy, I don't know the scripture. You can learn the scripture. Number two, I'm going to be persecuted. It's okay. The greatest death of a soul winner, of a missionary, of a brother or sister in Christ is martyrdom. And I'm not trying to get you to be a martyr. I pray if the authorities come in here and line us up and say, deny Christ or you die, I pray to God I got the grace to stand. We don't know what we're going to do. We can say what we're going to do, but if we're not doing it in the neighborhood, why are we going to stand for Christ then? i got to ask myself the same question. Number three, the enemy and his lying demons are going to attack me. It's okay, they will, but we've got the full armor of God. Number four, it's not just the pastor's job, it's our job. Yes, the pastor needs to be an example, to be a soul winner, because you only, usually go only as far as your head coach goes, and you have a soul-winning pastor. But if you're watching by line and your pastor's not a soul winner, find you another church that the pastor is the soul winner because he should be leading the flock. And I love you, pastors, and there's grace, there's mercy. And fifthly, pray for those divine opportunities as you go. Pray for those divine opportunities. Last story, my pastor who's in heaven now, Dr. Billy Klein, he taught me to be a soul winner. He preached soul winning. He encouraged soul winning. He had classes about soul winning. He was a soul winner. And when he retired, probably 72, from a great Baptist church in Asheville, North Carolina, he began to do interim pastors, pastor. And he would go knock on doors. And he would share Christ. And in his 70s, he led 45 people to Christ knocking on doors and baptized them in a little church about this size in rural North Carolina. It can be done. It's the book of Acts. What I can talk you into, somebody else can talk you out of. But what the Spirit of God puts on you, nothing can change. So I need help. Pray for me as a soul winner. If we're honest, we need help. Have you been fishing lately? Don't raise your hand. Have you been fishing for men, women, boys, and girls? There's plenty of stuff online you can go to to learn to share your faith and uh, Get a crossfire card in the back. If you don't know the Roman road, it's on there. You don't even have to memorize it. Those of you that are older, like my mom at 90, she'd probably say, Randy, it's hard for me to memorize. Well, Mama, you can read and you can point. So share the gospel. Boy, Randy, you're pretty tough on this gospel thing. Well, what else is there? What's the last command the coach gave us, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he went into heaven? He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Randy, preach. That gets me out of it. No, that word preach means to be a truth teller. We're to be truth tellers. Come follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. I'm going to close in prayer. 
I never assume that everybody here knows the Lord. You may have been praying for somebody to come that came that doesn't know the Lord. And uh, to be a fisherman of men, women, boys, and girls, we need to start out knowing the Lord. And if you've never repented of your sin and put your faith in Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. It's very simple. You admit to God you're a sinner like me. You believe Jesus died for you. He went to the grave. He rose on the third day. If you need to make that decision, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. That means he wants to have fellowship with you. If you need to receive Christ, stay with me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're praying for those here and those that are watching online. You pray this in your heart. If you need to repent and receive Christ today, just talk to him in your heart. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner like Brother Randy. Well, Lord Jesus, today I understand the gospel. And right now, I repent of my sin. I turn from them. I accept what you did on Calvary's cross for me, Lord Jesus, for the shedding of your blood. Just tell him that. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Right now, I'm putting my faith and trust in you, Lord Jesus, to save me. I repent. Just tell him. And I put my faith in you, Lord Jesus. You prayed that today. Just a moment, I'm going to turn it over to your pastor, and he'll be here, I'll be here. In fact, if you prayed that today here in the congregation, say, Brother Randy, I prayed that. I wasn't sure, but I nailed it down, or I've never made that decision. With heads bowed and eyes closed, you shouldn't have to hesitate. Greatest decision you could ever make. We're amongst family and friends. If you did that today for the first time, or you nailed it down today, and you made sure, just ask you to slip your hand up right where you're at. Nobody's looking around but me. Just slip it up and put it right back down. Don't be ashamed. Lift it up nice and high. Put it right back down. Say, Brother Randy, I know the Lord, but I've gotten off the path. Like you do sometimes, I can relate to your story, your testimony. Last week, you let basketball become number one. Maybe it's not basketball. Maybe it's a bank account. Maybe it's the worries of the world. Maybe it's a child, a grandchild. Maybe it's a job we put before the Lord, a relationship. You don't need to be saved today, but you want to come back to the Lord. You want to recommit your life to Christ. You pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I know you live in my heart. I've been saved. I've been born again. But I can relate to Randy's story, how he's let, in his life, he let basketball become number one. Whatever it may be the Lord has convicted you of that you put before him, just confess it to him right now. He's faithful and just. To forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just confess it to Him in your heart right now and say, Lord, I accept your cleansing. I recommit my life to you, fresh and anew today, Lord Jesus. That's your prayer today. Prayer of recommitment of your life to the Lord with heads bowed and eyes closed. I'd ask you to lift your hand up right where you're at. Awesome. Just lift it up, put it right back down. Amen. Amen. Appreciate your honesty. Seven or eight hands. Praise the Lord. Last prayer is this. Brother Randy, I can relate to you as well. You said you were guilty of the sin of silence for a long time. And I serve the Lord. I, I minister here. I try to help the pastor. I pray for the sick. But I really haven't been fishing. And to know I, today I understand that I need to make a commitment to be a fisher of men, women, boys, and girls. And really that scares me. But it's okay. I know Jesus is with me. And 
I don't have to spend a ball on a toothbrush or a spoon or a cell phone. I just got to make myself available. I just want to make myself available today for God to use me at my job, my workplace, in the community. I just want Jesus to do it through me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, friends, I fall short every day. My hand's already up. But if that's your prayer today, I'm going to pray a prayer for boldness and courage for us. And you want God to give you boldness. You want to commit today or recommit to be a seed planter, to be a soul winner, to make yourself available. Just ask you to slip your hand up right where you're at. Lord, you see the hands that are raised? My hand's raised. I trust the rest of us are doing it, Lord. If we're not, convict us, God. Because we all need power and grace to be seed planters, to be soul winners. The proverb says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The Bible says he that wins souls is wise. God, help us to do it with love. Help us to do it with mercy. God, give us divine appointments the rest of this day, this week. Lord, if we don't know the Roman road, give us the power to memorize it and to use it not as a, as a bashing, but as a tool as a way, the only way to give the gospel to explain it. Maybe we need to write our testimony down on paper two or three minutes and learn to share that to folks as we go. Give us the strength to do that. And Lord, yes, we want to let our light shine and give us the power and the strength to do that. But Lord, help us to be fishers of men. You didn't say if we want to fish. You said, come follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. Lord, we fall short as a people, as a church. Fill us, equip us, God, to be seed planters, to be soul winners. Go before us, God, to the people that we share with this week. The Scripture says that we need to pray that the strong man would be bound. That's the enemy, the powers of darkness. Lord, I pray you pull the strongholds down of the mind, the lies that people have believed about the gospel and the, the fronts they put up. Pull those down, Lord. Give them the mercy and grace to believe. And as we share, God, we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. Lord, thank you for letting me come this way today. Lead pastor as he closes the service. You made a decision for Christ today. Let the church know. You can call Crossfire at 828-255-9111. 828-255-9111. You want to talk more? Let the pastor know. Find a church home where you can be involved and grow in your relationship with the Lord. Father God, we ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for letting me come. I'll be around at the end if you want to talk. Thank you for your prayers and support of Crossfire. We love you.